This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort, we could be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. The Houston Rockets slide continues as they drop their fourth game in a row to the Miami Heat, 101-94. to What is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and the founder slash managing editor of ClutchCityControlRoom.com, your home for all things Houston hoops. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as the blog at ClutchCityCR. This was a... The Rockets had chances to win this game, man, and it was such a, a weird ordeal, um... You know, very, you know, very first half Rockets centric, Rockets heavy. And then second half, really not even second half, like kind of uh, the heat carried the momentum from the end of that second quarter into the second half, uh, you know, producing a, a 28 to 10 third quarter uh, in favor of, of Miami. Uh, so the Rockets, you know, at one point were up by as many as 13 in this game, uh, trailed by as many as 15. And look, they had it cut down to somehow a two-possession game, and then you know John Wall hits a three, and then it's a one-possession game. The very tail end, they got the stops they needed, but they just could not secure the defensive rebounds to have a chance to at least tie this game and send it to overtime and give themselves a chance to win. And Steven Silas, rightfully so, was pretty frustrated uh, after this loss. Let's hear what he had to say. We're creating good three-point shots, and we got to take them. I should have explained myself better, and I apologize for that. Um, I apologize for being so short, by the way, as well. But, um, yeah, I I didn't think that all of our threes were great. Um, I thought some of them were early in the shot clock, not necessarily uh, created by teammates or uh, driving kick. So, um, yeah, it does become a little bit contagious, but the shot quality is what I'm concerned with. Well, what I'm, what I worry about and, um, some of them were good and some of them weren't honestly. And, uh, we probably missed the majority of the ones that weren't and the ones that were, we missed a good amount of those as well, but I would much prefer to have um, good quality of of shots when it comes to our three-pointers. And again, I apologize for that. Yeah, three-point game, and all we needed was a stop. We got the first stop, they got an offensive rebound. We got a second stop, they got an offensive rebound. So uh, yeah, that's, you know, the the long rebounds we gotta come and get. I gotta take a look at the film and see if there's a way that we can rectify that, but um, but yeah, I uh, 
Wish we could wish we could have come up with that that basketball at the end. So Stephen Silas being uh, a little short with the media, having to apologize, uh, you know, and and you know, I, I appreciate that from Silas, you know, being you know self aware that he's you know in a bad mood and obviously frustrated by this four game skid, um, but acknowledging that and and you know kind of elaborating further on what he what he meant in his original answer uh, about the three pointers and. Um, I kind of, you know, obviously I'm, I, I'm in agreement with him. I mean, some of the, some of the shots that these rockets take, um, are questionable, you know, and, and I mean, you look at some of the, the shots that Victor Oladipo takes, some of the shots that John Wall takes, some of the shots that Eric Gordon takes, they're very questionable shots. You know, there's, there's a very distinct difference between a quality three pointer where you are legitimately wide open versus, you know, you catch the ball, you know, somebody passes the ball up to you and you catch it with, you know, 17 seconds left on the shot clock and you're firing up a three from, you know, four feet behind the three point line. Like that's just not a good possession. That's, you know, the Eric Gordon special is, is really what that is. And, um, you know, on a night where, you know, it, it didn't really feel like he had it going. I mean, really down the line, there's, there was a lot of, really poor shot percentages down the line for this Rockets team. They only shot 15 of 50 from behind the three-point line, just 30% on the evening. Uh, but the Miami Heat did a did an incredible job of loading down in the paint, making life hell for John Wall, um, You know, making it really tough for him to get anything uh, with ease at the rim. Unfortunately, in this one, he only made five shots, uh, was five of 13 overall shooting in this game on his way to 17 points. But only one of those shots came inside the paint. Um, You know, the other four that he made were all three pointers. He was four of nine from behind the arc. So, you know, Wall actually had a pretty decent shooting night from behind the arc, but he wasn't able to really play his game, which is, you know, collapsing the defense, getting right at the rim and kicking the ball out. Um, It just, you know, it it felt uh, the the Rockets at, at points, especially in that third quarter, felt very, very flummoxed by this heat defense. Um, they definitely knew exactly what the game plan was uh, coming into this. Uh, the Rockets have not been a good three-point shooting team. They, you know, their their bread and butter has been what they can get, you know, in and around the rim and in the paint, really. Um, and that changes a little bit with Christian Wood out, obviously. But the problem herein lies: they're still not a great three-point shooting team without Christian Wood, and so they can't overly rely on that three-ball. Um, because this is these are the results we're going to see from this team on a, on a consistent basis. If they're over reliant on the three, they just haven't shown any consistency from behind the arc. And so when teams start forcing the Rockets into these really either a bad three pointers or contested three pointers, um, even the wide open ones are starting to give the Rockets trouble. I mean, you can go down the line. I cannot count the number of wide open threes that Daniel House Jr. had in this game and completely whiffed on. Like just down the box score. Um, you know, Daniel House Jr., one of nine, Eric Gordon, three of ten, Sterling Brown, one of five, Ben McLemore, oh five. Like just the really and it was really the bench unit um that happened to struggle from behind the arc. Uh the the starters were all at least relatively okay um for the most part but this is a you know this is a game where you know not only were they dealing with 
you know, the the ebb and the flow of the game where they were, you know, on top in the first half. The Heat were were struggling to make shots. The Rockets' defense was a lot better in the first half. I do genuinely think that um, they had a, a pretty solid night overall, making life difficult for Jimmy Butler. I think he got to the line too much in this game, but... Um, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. There were multiple possessions where either Daniel House Jr. or Jay Sean Tate um, did a great job uh, individually guarding Jimmy Butler, but there were too many fouls in this game. Jimmy Butler making it to the charity stripe 11 times and converting on 10 of those, um, but he was just 8 of 18 from the floor. So when they weren't fouling him, they were doing a decent job defending him, but that's the problem is, you know, when you have a player of, of Jimmy Butler's caliber, he's going to find a way to get to the free throw line and figure out how to to be efficient and score the ball in this game. So uh, I do want to talk about John Wall coming up in just a moment. We want to hear from him and kind of his thoughts on this game. We'll also hear from Jay Sean Tate in segment three. And we'll get there in just a quick moment after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, whereas rockauto.com's prices are the exact same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. They always offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing their prices around based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. And rockauto.com has everything, and I mean everything, from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and it's super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Rockets uh, falling to the Miami Heat 101-94 after clawing their way back from their 15-point deficit, having a chance to uh, get the stop and tie the game at least with a three-pointer at the tail end, but unable to secure the defensive rebounds down the stretch. Now, before I get to John Wall and hearing what he has to say about this, I just have to highlight the fact that Why, why, just why is it always some end of bench, nobody knows who this guy is, dude who goes off against the Houston Rockets? Max f***ing Struess. Who is this guy? (laughs) Like, legitimately. And, you know, I'm not, I I just, (sighs) 21 points, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, no turnovers. Six of nine shooting, which was not nice. Just, you know, absolutely cooked the Rockets. He was the second, he was the high point man behind Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat in this game. And he only had one three-pointer in the first half and then became prime freaking Ray Allen in the second half, hitting everything. Went four of six from behind the arc in the second half. Rockets could not put a body on this guy. The Miami Heat, you got to give them some credit. Their offense, uh, you know, when they have... 
uh, Kelly Olenek and Bam Adebayo operating out of the high post, utilizing kind of some of that dribble handoff, maybe a little bit further out of the per- out towards the perimeter. Um, they do a really great job of freeing up their shooters, um, whether it be Duncan Robinson, who was also five of eleven from three in this game, uh, Tyler Harrow when he plays. Um, they do a great job of you know screening. Uh, in those dribble handoff sets to get their shooters wide open shots and credit to their shooters in this one, Robinson and Struess, who were a combined 10 of 19 shooting, which is just ridiculous because the Miami Heat as a whole only shot 15 of 42 for 35.7%. That's like average percentage, right? But then Robinson and Struess were just lights out in this game. And so... It's it's frustrating. Well, I don't want to say it's frustrating. It is frustrating. But credit where credit where credit is due, they have this skill set, Robinson and Struess, um, and Harrow too when he's when he plays, where they're able to come off these these dribble handoffs, these screens, and they are able to shoot in motion. Like, and it's so fluid for them. Like I watching Duncan Robinson, like in the when he was playing in the bubble and watching the Miami Heat make their way to the finals. Um, that was something that I was so impressed about is how quickly Robinson is able to take that DHO and immediately rise up for the shot if he's got it. Or even, I, you know, situationally, sometimes he'll start to rise up for a shot and then immediately kick it back to whoever the big was and then reposition. Like, just the ability for those guys to move around and keep defenses guessing uh, as to where they're going to be and, and really trying to find their spots by, by staying active and moving around Uh, keeping the defense guessing they just did a great job you know and and having shooters like that is is so important and and, the Miami Heat have done a great job of finding those guys and it looks like they really have probably found another one in Max Struess where they can have you know a, a reliable shooter who doesn't need to actively have the ball in his hands he can rely on the bigs to create those uh, dribble handoff opportunities for him, or he can rely on Butler or or Hero to uh, create opportunities. So that's, you know, I, I'd kill to have a guy like that on the Rockets. I would. Um, and Ben McLemore is sort of that guy um, sometimes, but uh, unfortunately we haven't seen uh, him be utilized that way in the Rockets. You know, I don't know if they necessarily have the personnel to be able to uh, accommodate that, um, but you know, it's uh, it's crazy to see it working on Miami, and maybe the Rockets can find a way to make that work uh, here in Houston. But their their dribble handoff sets uh, haven't looked anywhere near as clean as what Miami was doing last night in 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 this game. So, going off of uh, going off that, John Wall um, want to hear what he had to say about this one because he had some uh, insight into how Miami was playing. How, how they were defending and why that was making life difficult for the Rockets specifically. Um, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like at times, Vic get the ball, he pushed the pace. I get the ball, he pushed the pace. We, we create for each other. Um, it's not bad. It's just you got to do a better job getting out the better starts. And like I said, when we don't make shots, our defense is not great early on. But I feel like we was out there moving the ball. We was getting shots. We missed some easy shots in that third quarter. When we got stagnant and we wasn't getting to the rim and we – basically relied on just shooting threes. Give credit to them, you know what I mean? They We made some mistakes of not switching the right way and switching when we wasn't supposed to and gave up threes. And um, Jimmy Butler's been aggressive getting to the free throw, lo- free throw line a lot and uh, putting us in some bonds where they got the ball out in transition. And I think in the day, we we did some, we knew what they were doing in pick rolls with me. They was trapping me not, most of the time. And then uh, when Keller Leonard, they was trapping. When Ben was in, they were switching. And then they were just loading up and making me drive and kick or uh, contest threes against me. So 
You know, I think it was cool. I feel like I played like shit, to be honest. Uh, I could have played better. But um, it was just so tough to try to get to the paint, get to the rim the way they was overloading and helping. And, you know, I mean, I've been playing against Miami for years, uh, at least four, four times a year when I was in the East Coast. So I kind of knew what their tendency was going to be. Uh, we just had opportunity in their court. We missed a lot of shots, and they made shots. And um, But I give our team credit. We didn't put our heads down and quit. We kept fighting and um, made a three-point game with 20-some, 30 seconds left and just couldn't get, offense, couldn't get a defensive rebound. So John Wall shedding some light on this game and the Rockets' uh, struggles, unfortunately. Uh, and I'll, I, I, again, I'm saving some of the good stuff for last because Jay Sean Tate was kind of a highlight in this game. Um, Demarcus Cousins actually played well in this game, and you know there there weren't. You know it's it's tough because it's not like they hung their heads in this one. And I, I highlighted specifically after the last loss that they had hung their heads, that they were kind of, you know, they had the wrong body language, that kind of thing. They didn't do that in this one. They were still clawing and scrapping and actively trying to win and not really hanging their heads. But at the same time, you know, finding yourself where they kind of take the foot off the gas pedal and things suddenly start falling apart at the seams um, I think Wall, you know, kind of highlighted that where they get too much into these, they they rely too much on their three ball, and, and you know, eventually the you know sometimes the offense just kind of bogs down to where it's this you know super isolation heavy, no ball movement. Um, everybody's just trying to get their own shot rather than trying to create a good shot for a teammate, and that's when we see these like these this stark contrast in this team where when they're playing for each other. And when they're playing to create a good look for somebody else on the floor, um, when they're when they're actively, you know, getting their drive and kick game going, and then you know they get the initial penetration, then kick it out, then the next guy drives and penetrates, and they get the defense scrambling. That's when we see certain plays. Like you know, we saw some good, we saw some good moments in this game where they actually had, especially in the first half. Um, where they actually had some really primo ball movement, where you know they had the first action, then the second action, and they're passing up. Okay, that's a good shot, a good shot, a good shot. Oh, that's a great shot, right? And it's a combination of a getting away from that, um, and then falling into that trap of playing that you know that isolation heavy style, which doesn't really do anybody any favors. Um, but then also, it's it's got to be demoralizing to put in all that work offensively to, you know, to, to have that dribble penetration, to make those, you know, those proper reads, those right passes, and then to come up short on the end of a possession repeatedly where the Rockets were generating some good looking threes in this game, but they just weren't converting on them. And that I'm sure as, as just somebody watching and covering the team, that's frustrating. I'm sure as a player, to do all that work, to do all the heavy lifting, you know, whether you're John Wall, whether you're Oladipo, Gordon, you know, as the initial, you know, uh, force in the offense, and getting that penetration, making the right reads, kicking it out to the next guy, um, you know, it's got to be frustrating to see that not pan out on a on a consistent basis, unfortunately. Um, and then, you know, to have that third quarter meltdown where they just couldn't convert on anything, um, you know, that quarter was was painful. I really thought they were going to uh, go for their record like they did where they dropped the seven points uh, in the fourth quarter against the Pelicans. I really thought they were going to uh, have another display like that. But thankfully, uh, Jay Sean Tate was the only Houston Rocket who decided to show up in that quarter. So I do want to hear from Jay Sean Tate, hear his mindset about um, what he was trying to achieve in that quarter and kind of wrap up final thoughts on this one after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Look, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing, and MLB is right around the corner. And BetOnline even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. So head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit using promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n so don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action with that promo code locked on so head over to the website right now bet online your online sportsbook experts this episode is brought to you by 1010 now, you may have read about this in New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Wrapping up final thoughts on the Rockets four-game skid. And, you know, before I die, so I, I do want to, you know what, I want to get into Jay Sean Tate first because I want to start small on an individual basis. And then I want to finish with kind of uh, some more silver lining thoughts um, because I'm not... You know, look, this four-game skid sucks. There's no sugarcoating that. That you know, it'd be great if they had you know even gone 500 over this uh, little four-game stretch. Uh, but uh, let's let's hear what Jay Sean Tate had to say first about this one and what he was kind of uh, you know focusing on in this game, and then talk about his individual performance, a couple other highlights, and then I want to get into kind of a big picture view about what's going on with this team right now. I just kind of try to read the the defender, um, read who's guarding me. Um, and just try to uh, switch it up. Sometimes I've said it, sometimes I roll. I knew that uh, they were blitzing John. Um, so I tried to slip out and get that short row. Um, you know, I'm not the uh, tallest guy. So uh, slipping out, um, it makes the defense freeze, but also it, it, it helps uh, whoever the ball handler is kind of find smaller rollers, you know, when you um, – hold the screen and roll, um, it's kind of hard to throw, lob it up um, because they'll just switch under you. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of why you got to mix some, some rolls in, you got to mix some slips in. So Jay Sean Tate highlighting how he was able to be effective uh, in this game, specifically in that third quarter. Uh, you know, he was, you know, the he was eight of the 10 points for the Rockets uh, in that quarter. Only Eric Gordon uh, helping chime in a little bit uh, scoring-wise with a couple of free throws in that quarter. But, you know, Jay Sean Tate talking about the fact that, you know, as a uh, as a kind of a more of an undersized player, um, he doesn't have, you know, the the same, 
you know, uh, pick and roll ability that necessarily Christian Wood does. So he has to pick and choose his spots, whether he truly, you know, sets the screen and then and then rolls, or if he kind of slips the screens. And I think he did a really great job of that in this one, and and has um, throughout the better part of the season, he he reads the what the defense is doing really well and in this one right the defense was blitzing John Wall quite a bit they were throwing double teams at him and really trying to take the ball out of his hands and make him uncomfortable so Jay Sean Tate was reading that perfectly you know whether he was slipping whether he was truly rolling if they didn't you know blitz John Wall um and then he was finishing at, at, a, at a solid rate at the rim in the third quarter he went four or five had eight points um and then for the game he was seven of 11 shooting he missed his only three-pointer um but had was two of two at the charity stripe on his way to 16 points, seven rebounds, had a pair of assists, had a steal. Uh, talked about his defense earlier. Would like to see him clean up some of the fouling, unfortunately, but that's just, you know, that's Jimmy Butler's bag. That's what he's good at is, you know, being aggressive and drawing those fouls. Um, so I'm not, you know, too overly critical on Jay Sean Tate in this one. Um, but his ability to finish in and around the rim is great, right? He's not, unfortunately, the vertical lob threat that Christian Wood is, but if the Rockets want to have a way to tread water, they have to find creative ways to score the ball without Christian Wood, and Jay Sean Tate was on full display in this one, um, specifically, you know, a lot of times, you know, being assisted uh, by John Wall, who had seven assists in this game, you know, like he said, slipping those screens uh, towards the rim with Wall kind of throwing the ball over the top of the defense uh, for Jay Sean Tate to finish right at the cup. And once he gets the ball, once Tate gets the ball in the paint, um, he's really great, right? He's got that array of post moves. He's patient. He's got a good touch in and around the rim. Um, so I do think that that's something I'd like to see more of moving forward while the Rockets don't have Christian Wood because that's another way that they can have some uh, consistent scoring opportunities and some ways to kind of break down these opposing defenses uh, you know, by putting the ball in the middle of the floor and then waiting to see what the defense does. Because even during the stretches where the Miami Heat were playing a bit of a zone at times, you know, Matt Buller talks about it on the broadcast, but if you put the if you put a player in the middle of that zone, in the middle of the floor, and you get them the ball, then the defense has to react to it in some capacity, right? Now, whether that be a double team, whether that be, um, you know, they, they want to hold that guy man-to-man, um, whatever it may be, Jay Sean Tate has the ability to both finish at the rim and in the paint, as well as survey and kick the ball out and make the right read as far as you know playmaking goes to be that guy. So situationally, you know, it's all about finding different ways to attack opposing defenses. And I thought they did a good job of that for the most part, right? Like they found um, they tried to find ways to to beat this Miami defense that was giving them trouble, and they did a lot better. They 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 looked a lot better in that fourth quarter. It's just you know when you put up a ten point quarter, and and give up as many threes as they, as they did to to Struce and Robinson, it's going to be tough to overcome. Unfortunately, um, so you know even though they ultimately lost this game and that final possession or pair of possessions where they couldn't secure the defensive rebounds, those are frustrating. Yes. But there is some good to take away from this game. Um, even uh, DeMarcus Cousins had a a decent night in this one. Six of nine shooting, 16 points, pulled down 11 rebounds. Wasn't in for the final possession um, due to, uh, I guess, you know, they didn't want to have him out there for, you know, defensive liability reasons. But then you miss out on the rebounding because you're playing small. And that's a bit frustrating there. Maybe if Silas had opted to give DeMarcus Cousins the chance on that last possession, we could be talking about a Rockets win right now. Um, 
Now, before I get into my my, my big picture stuff, um, I should have led with this earlier on, uh, but kind of got caught up in wanting to uh, just address the game and how it played out. But P.J. Tucker and Victor Oladipo both uh, leaving the game early in this one uh, with you know, minor injuries. Uh, so Victor Oladipo uh, went up to contest a shot in transition in this game in the second quarter, late in the second quarter, and came down kind of funny. Um, stayed in the game, but then as he came out from halftime, um, he didn't start the second half. Eric Gordon took the starting spot instead of Victor Oladipo. Then Depot came back out, you know, was kind of on the court, you know, looked like, you know, looked like he was going to check in, then went back out. Like it was, you know, very, very odd circumstances for him, you know, wanting to play in this game, but but being unable to, it looks like. And we don't have an update on Oladipo, unfortunately. And then P.J. Tucker, same thing, um, kind of came down a little funny on, on uh, one of his legs and was walking pretty gingerly uh, after, like, just not even gingerly, obviously limping um, for a couple possessions before he was able to check out of the game and then checked out and went straight back to the, to the Rockets' locker room. So... Just not great overall, unfortunately, uh, for a team that's already dealing with missing their best player in Christian Wood, that's already dealing with you know rest and recuperation for guys like John Wall and Victor Oladipo, um, not playing the second nights of, of back-to-backs, those kinds of things. Um, being even more short-staffed is going to be a problem for this team if those guys miss any significant time. Now, with all that being said, um, covering, covering all that ground, um, I do think it's important to note that as far as this team is concerned and as far as the the standings out West and what this team could or couldn't accomplish, um, right now the Rockets are 11 and 14 and you know it they're they're third from the bottom in the West. So they are they're still only three and a half games back of or actually let's let's do let's do one even one better than that. They're four games back of the fifth seed. Like they're not completely out out of the playoff race yet. And a big part of that is how discombobulated this season has felt where there's so much uncertainty going on in, in what is happening with COVID protocols, what the second half of the season is going to look like, all these different factors. And at the end of the day, they did look really good when they had Christian Wood out there and they looked really good when they won seven of their of those eight games. Um, yes, those were against some teams that were, you know, of lower quality, but the the way that they were winning those games, they weren't just skating by. Um, they had some really convincing wins in those games. And a, a big part of that is what Christian Wood unlocks on both sides of the court. And the takeaway needs to be that Christian Wood didn't come to the Rockets to tank. He wants to compete. He wants to be competitive. And I, I fully believe that if the Rockets can just right the ship a little bit, they don't have to be like uber successful without Christian Wood, but they just need to not continue to slide to the bottom of the West, right? If they can pick up a couple wins here and there, um, if they can kind of even out at hopefully 500 uh, before the All-Star break gets here or before Christian Wood returns, then there's hope that this team can get back to its winning ways once they have Christian Wood out there, and hopefully he'll be rocking some high-top sneakers when he returns. But there's not a reason to write the team off just yet. There's way too much more basketball to be played. Now, I'm still of, of the of the mindset that if things continue to trend downward, if this team is 
just at the bottom of the West and they're super far out of the playoff hunt by the time Christian Wood comes back. Um, and if it just looks like there's, you know, a very, very slim chance for them to actually make it to uh, like the play, the, the play in tournament or to at least, you know, to a to a playoff spot overall, then at that point. Yeah, you you maybe start entertaining the the tanking ideas and you know maybe strategically resting certain guys and holding players out and you 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 know you hashtag fade for Cade right, but we're not there yet, and that's the important note right is is this team still has a lot of talent on it they're still trying to figure some things out. Um, and they've gone from, right, they, they went from having their entire roster, everybody was there, everybody was healthy, Silas had everybody under one roof, and they went on a winning streak, right? They won, they won seven of, of eight games, they won six games in a row, they looked really, really solid. But then... They lose their best player, right? And so, unfortunately, it's just been this revolving door where it's just problem after problem after problem for Steven Silas. And so I don't want to, again, I don't want to hold too much blame over his head. Um, and I don't even want to, again, if if the players are going out there and competing at a high level and trying every night, then I can get behind them whether they're winning or losing. And in this game, they tried. They did. They 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 had the right energy early. They were making shots, um, and things just did not go their way in the third quarter. But I think not having kind of that safety net of Christian Wood and having that consistent force offensively is what bogs them down a little bit. And then, like John Wall said, when they're not making shots, their defense starts to suffer. They start, you know, they they're not communicating as much, and it becomes this snowball effect. And it's tough. And they need to find ways to mentally get past those lapses where they can rely on each other, where they don't get away from what has given them success just because it didn't work on a couple of individual possessions, right? Because in a vacuum, if they walk away from what has given them success, you know, over a large sample of games, just because it didn't work one or two times in a row, and then they start reverting to ISO ball and not not passing, not facilitating for their teammates, not breaking down the defense, not sticking to their defensive principles, not reading the switches properly, all these different things right that have led to them being successful if they start getting away from that just because it didn't work one or two times or because they had one slip up here or whatever then that's you know at the at the heart those are those are probably some coaching things that that Silas needs to continue to instill uh but I have confidence that he'll be able to do that um this team again judging them uh, as an incomplete product without Christian Wood and uh, the fact that they're still trying to juggle uh, the addition of Victor Oladipo and trying to get him comfortable in his role, having John Wall be essentially your number one option, which is not what he's uh, what what he should be doing. Unfortunately, he should be uh, kind of taking a more of a backseat as a number two or number three option to guys like. Uh, Christian Wood and Victor Oladipo, where, you know, if he can be the primary facilitator for guys like that and focus on setting them up and then, you know, picking and choosing his spots a little bit more carefully on when to score the ball, I feel like that's when John Wall is at his best. And that's what we saw during the Rockets' six game winning streak. So for them moving forward, they just have to tread water. Um, they, you know, this wasn't a horrendous game uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they had a strong first half, they had a strong fourth quarter. Um, but they just couldn't put together an entire basketball game. And that's where those lapses, like this third quarter in this one, like the fourth quarter against the Pelicans, that's where this club needs to find some answers and to find some consistency because they can't allow those really drastic drop-offs in production, uh, whether they be defensively holding opponents, you know, holding opponents to, uh, what am I trying to say? 
limiting opponents from scoring the ball. There we go. That's the word that I wanted. Um, so whether it be defensively, whether they're, you know, uh, whether they're getting away from those principles, whether it be offensively and getting away from the ball movement and uh, creating or generating the good shots that they want, um, if they're getting away from those, they're not going to be able to find success. So it's about sticking to those principles, sticking to what they did uh, and were able to consistently do during the win streak, albeit without Christian Wood, which makes things significantly harder for this team. But I have confidence that they've got the ability to do it. I really do. This is a talented group of guys. Um, you know, this isn't, it's not like, it's not like I'm here puffing up, you know, a bunch of, uh, no name 20 year old players who are still developing and, um, you know, who, who have, you know, years to go before they're, you know, consistent NBA contributors. This is a group of, of largely veteran guys and they know what they're about. They know what they're capable of. Um, and this, this team can get stuff done. And we saw it, we saw it for a short stretch. Um, and I don't think that missing Christian Wood is going to prevent this team from winning games. It's going to make it harder, absolutely, but they are able to still do it, and they were well within reach of this one. If a few things break a little bit differently in this game, if uh, if Max Struess doesn't turn into Ray Allen in this game, uh, if, they, if they're able to secure a defensive rebound at the tail end of this game, right, they were very much in this game despite their lackluster third quarter. So if you turn that around, right, if you suddenly say even, you know, just a few more shots go in in the third quarter, then they're in a better position in the fourth to continue their run and really get back into this game. So it's not like they it's not like they went out there and they got absolutely embarrassed. This wasn't the Pelicans game where the Pelicans, you know, dismantled the Rockets at the tail end. They were very they were very much in this game and they fought back and that's what I appreciate about this group of guys is they haven't just gotten to a point where they've completely uh given up. The Pelicans game is a little bit different um, because, you know, that was kind of fourth quarter-ish and um, the the game really just got away from them there. But in this one where the, the game got away from them in the third quarter, they absolutely could have hung their heads, right? They could have given up, but they didn't. They fought back in and that's what is very admirable about this team and this group of guys. So I think that's going to be where we wrap things up for for today's episode. As always, thank you so much. Be sure to tune into our next episode. We will have the podfather himself, Ben DuBose, on to chat with us about this uh, current Rockets team and their current struggles, so don't want to miss out on that. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique, limited-edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com.